Heading into training camp, we all thought it was simply a matter of Dwayne Haskins making sure he was the number three quarterback. But is he pushing Mason Rudolph to be the Pittsburgh Steelers' number two quarterback? We'll talk about that and so much more right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast with special guest Brooke Pryor from ESPN. Let's get into it. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter giving you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Remember, if you're listening or watching this show on YouTube, you can subscribe to us on YouTube and check out our daily content there, as well as subscribe to our audio podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the app Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. Remember to rate us five stars with a positive comment on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out, and you get a shout-out at the end of the show. Today, joining me, a returning guest to the show, our special guest to the show, Brooke Pryor of ESPN, Brooke chilling with us before um, before this con- the calm before the storm. We're getting ready for week two of Heinz Field practices here on this Tuesday episode. But Brooke, I wanted to bring you on. First of all, how, how have you been doing with uh, this? Like this was your first time being at training camp with fans in the stands because last year at training camp, it was empty Heinz Field. This year, mm-hmm. you know, we've been had, we've had Friday Fun Fest. We've had Saturday Fest or whatever, Fan Fest and all those things. It's been interesting to see people walking around just watching practice again. Yeah, I I didn't realize how much I missed having fans around until they were back. And I was like, oh, this is what we haven't had for the last year and a half. Um, because honestly, like, for, it, it, it's kind of a twofold thing. Like, on the one hand, you don't hear all of the on-field conversations that you used to hear between coaches and players because there are, you know, now thousands of people in there with you. But the other hand it almost helps you pay attention more or figure out where the action is based on how the fans are cheering or who they're cheering for. Cause you know, sometimes there's like three or four drills going on on the field and I might be watching tight ends on DNs and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well this is interesting, but they're over here watching like the running backs doing like the, the drill in space <clears throat> and trying to, you know, get around their backer. And I'm yeah. just like, Oh, that's really interesting. Okay, let me shift my attention over here because this is the drill that's happening closest to the fans. This is the one they're getting super excited about. And maybe they're cheering a lot for Anthony McFarland. And I'm like, well, what has he been doing? And then I'm paying closer attention to him. So I really – I love the energy. It makes me so much more excited for football season. As if I wasn't already excited. I don't know. I just think <laughs> – I I mean, Najee Harris said it best. Like, Bama fans are crazy, but Steelers fans are crazier. And I love, like – the college fan base, the fervor that you get from them. And I feel like Pittsburgh is like the next best thing to that or, or even better than that. So I'm, I'm happy to see some people out and about again. <laughs> I, I am too. I'm also happy to see, is this Bo, your dog here? This is Bo. What's he is, up, Bo? Uh, 
wearing a Braves collar right now. He is not a football fan, but he is a baseball <laughs> fan. Oh, that's adorable. Well, but we've seen your dogs on Get Up, so I'm glad your dogs can appear on Locked On Steelers with us here. On I YouTube. mean, they're gonna bill you for their appearance. <laughs> I, so I just. Well, they're top talent now, not me, the dogs. <laughs> That's adorable. Well, well, they are welcome on the show anytime. But, Brooke, I wanted to dive into our top topic today, which is what's been going on with, with, uh, with, with Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, and Josh Dobbs, and particularly with Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. Because, you know, we all, we all knew what the, what the story was, you know, them getting a, a 15th overall pick quarterback from Washington who was cut you know two years in his contract and you know everyone's wondering well could he be the heir and then just you know with when in the summer you know and in the springtime when it's leading into football season we don't have a lot of storylines after the draft it's fun to talk about but this is now you know becoming a more serious like debate situation where it's like okay we I, I i was the person who was like hey everyone calm down mason rudolph is the it's the number two quarterback here he's been here he's played here he knows what he's got to do to hold on to this job and dwayne's just it's just gonna be about dwayne just looking comfortable being comfortable and earning that number three spot but brooke Mason has looked rough in these first week this first couple weeks of practice and Dwayne Haskins hasn't looked great but also hasn't looked bad and that has turned heads yeah I, I think so and I mean Dwayne Haskins didn't look great in mini camp and OTAs he was just okay I mean I think I expected to see a little bit more just knowing the pedigree that he came from a former first rounder all of that that I I thought that we would see something that would make you go oh my god this guy is good didn't see that in OTAs, didn't see it in minicamp, but starting to see it now in training camp, um, I'm looking at my seven shots notes from Friday and Saturday, and he and Mason were the two that ran yeah. the first couple reps of seven shots. And, I mean, they both it, – it's interesting because Mason on seven shots on Friday started out, had a touchdown to Claypool. Then he was intercepted by James Pierre. Mm. Not great. That was the, like, would have gone back for a pick six. Um, and then Haskins on the next two reps had a tight end screen to Gentry. The next one, he escaped the pocket, which was pretty impressive. I mean, he is really good on his feet, um, but couldn't get the ball to Benny Snell. So they both went one for two, but I just felt better about Haskins reps. And then the next day, as I flip through my notes here, Saturday was rough uh, for the offense. Saturday was Saturday was really bad. It literally took Josh. It took. Josh Dobbs finding Kalen Balage twice to make it so the defense didn't have a clean sweep. Yeah. Um, so there was nothing like super exciting in that one to, that told me that Rudolph was better than Haskins or vice versa. Cause Haskins was intercepted by James Pierre on Saturday, but overall Haskins had the more successful two minute drills. His passes have just looked sharper. It looks like he's getting better reads. Um, and I actually, like, I asked Mike Tomlin on Friday, because he had said earlier in the week, every position is an open battle, which, like, you know, coaches say that, but, like, that, Ben yeah. Roethlisberger is not fighting for a spot. No. Um, Neither is you know, Nico or TJ. <clears throat> right, exactly. So I asked him, like, hey, you said this earlier in the week, does this, is, is the number two quarterback also an open battle? And he was like, well, I meant what I said when I said it, um, which I should have known that answer was coming. But it was an opportunity for him to be like, no, Mason is our guy, and he didn't say that. Um, I I am still hesitant. We've seen Haskins now. He and he and Mason have split reps in walkthroughs with the twos. 
it seems like they're giving him more, giving Haskins more opportunities to take some of the number two reps, whether that's like working with the ones when Ben is out or taking the number two when Ben is in. I'm still not totally sold that he can unseat Mason Rudolph. I feel you. Um, because A, it's early in training camp, but also, right, we've had uh, nine practices, 10 practices. So I, I don't think he has made, like, he's not coming out there looking like Johnny Unitas or, or whatever. Like, he, he's not <laughs> anything that exciting. And you went, you went uh, that far back as Johnny Unitas. I really, I, I don't, I don't, that's just how I woke up this morning. Um, I'm going to have to have a conversation with my brain about that one later. Um, that was the first example that came into my head. He's not Terry Bradshaw. Um, that uh, one's a little bit more appropriate. Another, another decade um, forward. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Baby steps. Um, but the other thing is that this is what Dwayne Haskins does. He comes out and he looks really good in the preseason or looks really good in training camp. At least that was the case last year in Washington. Mm-hmm. After things like really went off the rails his rookie season, he came back. The narrative through training camp was like, Dwayne Haskins is great. Like he has a command with his teammates. He's more confident. Like he just looks better and he's making the right calls. He's being a leader. And then things still fell apart. Yeah. So I don't think that we can get the a good read on how Dwayne Haskins is going to be with this team if he is good enough. And it's not just good enough on the field. It's good enough all the way around. Can he be distraction-free? Can he be locked in and not you know doing things that could wine make him you know get fined or get in more trouble or whatever like I I think that we're not going to get a full picture of that until the regular season and by that point if you give him the number two spot or if he earns the number two spot with his on-field stuff do you lose Mason Rudolph like do you does he you know like can, can you afford to lose Mason Rudolph do you carry all three quarterbacks and then not really like does it is there just a question mark for number two I don't know there's just there's too many things left to be unanswered and I don't know that that either one of them has done has done enough to answer that number two question going forward right we're gonna take it we're, we're gonna like take it to step back for a second but I want to keep talking about this you but first we got to talk about our friends at betonline.ag because with football season approaching you'll want to get in on all the gambling action at betonline.ag the best online sports book get all the odds on records stats awards and season winners on the NFL season right at betonline.ag Pittsburgh fans the over under there for wins this season is eight and a half which means as long as Mike Tomlin Steelers avoid their first losing season in his time coaching you can win money easily at betonline.ag. You can also bet on, on all the Major League Baseball action going on this summer, but before the first or the next pitch or the first snap of the season, get on your laptop or mobile device to check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information right on betonline.ag, where if you sign up today, you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all capital letters, Locked On, no spaces. Remember, betonline.ag is your best online sportsbook. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, continuing our conversation with Brooke. Now, Brooke, I got to ask you, you know, let, let's dig deeper in this whole thing because there's also, it wasn't just just those, those seven shots moments that really poked up earlier in, in camp. And like, in fact, it was like one of the earlier practices at Heinz Field. There was a, there was a, they were doing two minute drills and Mason 
threw a pass short of the goal line at the end of the two-minute drill, and Mike Tomlin was peeved to say the least. He was, he was, uh, he was like, that's a generous way. That, that is a nice way to put how he was. <laughs> he was not happy because it was like a two minute drill. He's like, you know, you got to put the ball in the end zone when the clock is running out. And Mason Rudolph, a guy who this is his fourth year in the NFL. He has several starts under his belt through multiple seasons. And he was made, and, and that was like a rookie mistake for him. And Mike was not happy. Um, and then Dwayne comes in and he throws a touchdown at the end of, at the end of practice. And, uh, you know, he and Mike Tomlin spoke about that earlier. And it's 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 these types of things that I think where Mason Rudolph is losing ground in this conversation. Because again, for me, it was it wasn't even a conversation. It was listen, Mason's the number two. Dwayne's fighting to yep. see if he could be the number three. But even outside of that, like the other day, I think it was Saturday. You're just watching his reps, and like guys are getting open, and he's not sure if they're open, and he's taking a longer amount of time to throw it yes. to them. I just that, I don't know if you you see that and you're just like what is going on, buddy? You got to hold on here. A hundred percent that, and it's you know I it stinks because we don't have replays on everything, and especially if there's a bad play, they're not replaying that on the Heinz uh, big boards. Weird, I know. Um, <laughs> but I did notice that that there were a couple of times where Mesa was just holding on to the ball too long. Yeah, and to me, that was one of his biggest shortfalls in the year where he was starting, where he and Duck Hodges were splitting reps as the starters. Mm-hmm. Um, it was after he got hit. What was that? Like the Ravens game? I when, he think. Got, when he got knocked out of the Ravens game by Earl yeah, Thomas. Yeah. yeah. It felt like that was a turning point for him. And he, he just felt like his reaction times were slower and he was just holding on to the ball a little bit too long. And like, just something was not right after that. And I, I asked him about it that season and he got kind of touchy with me. He was mm-hmm. like, what do you mean? How long am I holding on to the ball for? And I was like, I, I have not timed it on a stopwatch, but I can well, we tell can you it. from watching. Right. Like the eye test here is showing me you are holding on to the ball too long. And when I saw that again on Saturday, I was like, this is a problem because yes. we are now a full season removed from that happening. And like, you can understand the season that he had that year, he didn't have a dedicated quarterbacks coach. He it was chaos from start to chaos. finish. So like it's it's understandable that it that was a rocky season for him. He deserves a do over in some way, whether that's you know a, a preseason. He deserves having a quarterbacks coach, and they've given him all those things. He had Matt Canada last season. Now he has Mike Sullivan, and I think that he needs to show that he has developed past that, and that he has actually taken steps to be a better quarterback and make smarter reads. To me, it's it's the decision-making. Like, Dwayne Haskins might be the better raw talent, but I think Mason can sneak up on him in just because he's been in the system longer. Well, the system is changing with Matt Canada, but he's worked with Matt Canada longer. Like, right, right. These are areas where he should have an advantage and he should take advantage of that advantage, and I'm just not seeing it. And it's And that's where... It's it's not good for Mason that that he isn't doing that at this point in training camp. It's neck and neck, and that's the problem, Brooke. Is that it, it shouldn't be neck and neck. You should have at least a solid step, not you know, not like head and head over heels above 
Dwayne Haskins, but at least like a, Hey, it's obvious that you've been in this offense and it's yeah. obvious that you, you have a relationship with your receivers and your offensive line. Well, the new offensive line is brand new. So that, 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 that's, that's <laughs> nobody but, has a relationship with the offensive yeah, line. Yeah. That, that, that's not one I can't, they don't even center. have a relationship with each other. So they, they really don't. That, that, that That's an everyday <laughs> occurrence. And, and, and those guys are working back to be healthy, you know, full time. So, mm-hmm. you know, that that's also been interesting, but you know, I do think you bring up a great point about Mason. I mean, that first year that he started in 2019, I mean, this talk about going through the roller coaster. You get your first NFL starts, you win a couple games, you're starting to get your feet under you, and then you're clocked with maybe the hardest head to head collision we've seen in the NFL in the past few years, where Earl Thomas hit him so hard they had to take him off. And he had, they had to rip his face mask off because they were too afraid mm-hmm. to just remove his helmet for the damage that he took. And then in that same season, you're clobbered over the head with your own helmet by Miles Garrett. And that's a national scene. Then that same week, Miles Garrett accuses you of using a racial epithet. And so then you're in the middle of, you know, did, you, did this guy say this thing that's going to maybe ruin his entire career? And then there's the investigation, and then there's Mike Thomas standing up for him. And then finally, when he finally works his way to being back and healthy, he broke, he's got his collarbone broken against the Jets. I mean, yep. that is a lot of stuff to have to process. And it makes me wonder when I'm watching him, is like, how much does that weigh in on a player's mind? As much as we try to say, oh, just shake it off, those aren't things that are easily forgotten and just like, brushed off to the point where I don't there's not a, a, a half of a second where I'm dropping back and I'm not remembering Earl Thomas clocking me and me waking mm-hmm. up looking up at the sky being like what happened how did I get here or you know and, and, and so you have that and now also you got to think you have a legitimate first round quarterback p- coming at you from behind he's never had this kind of competition before all he's had is Devlin Hodges and Josh Dobbs behind him and now this is a guy mm-hmm. who's like now I'm Mason Rudolph. I'm looking over my shoulder, like, what the heck? Who is that guy with the cannon arm? Um, and I, again, I think it's it's like you said, Dwayne hasn't looked great, but he's at least looked comfortable enough. It's like, hey, yeah, you know, he he's not looking lost in the offense, which is all of on the Steelers. That's all I'm asking of you right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. And like, I I feel for Mason Rudolph because that first season had more things than most people have in their entire careers, and he I had agree. it jam packed into his first season as a starter that he wasn't planning on being his first season as a starter. So you, I I do feel for him. And I think the Steelers do too, in the sense that, I mean, they want him to succeed. That's why they gave him the contract extension. And he's the only guy in that room under contract for the 2022 season. That's why they brought in quarterbacks coaches to help him. Like, they want to invest and develop in their guy. And they're, they are a homegrown talent team. They like saying, yep, we drafted this guy. We developed him. He's our starter now. Like, look at what, look at our developmental process. But at some point, you know, they have to kick the tires on other options. And when Dwayne Haskins is available, yeah, you bring him in. But that's a great point that Mason Rudolph has not had to have this kind of competition before. And I, I do wonder how much that weighs on him. And, you know, when you talk to these guys, they're, they're never going to give you that window into what they're thinking. Like, hey, do you, does that Earl Thomas hit play in your head every time you play? You know, they're going to say no, but of course they. I, still, I still think that there's a lot of intangibles that he has to work through. And you know what? I think maybe some of those demons get exercised when he can go out and play in a preseason game. And I think that, I mean, this week, the fact that we have the Hall of Fame game could give us some more clarity on that quarterback competition, um, just seeing how the two of them are reacting 
in a live game situation. Um, do Dwayne, do Haskins like practice reps actually translate to the field? Or is this where Mason's really going to step up and shine? I don't know, but I've never been more excited for a preseason game to see a backup, to see a battle of two backup quarterbacks. So they've got me hooked. Congrats. Like if that's what they were going for, I am very interested now. There's a lot of things to see. Also, don't forget, fans, you can go to Heinz Field and watch these from the stands for free. Just go on Ticketmaster. Make sure you get your ticket beforehand. Can't buy them at the door. But you can go in. You can sit in Heinz Field, watch the practices just like we are, um, and uh, and check those out so you can see this battle continue to play out. We're going to take another quick break here with uh, uh, with, talk, with talking to Brooke, but we're going to be right back. I want to ask her about her recent Najee Harris episode. Before we do that, I want to talk – I want to talk about our friends at rockauto.com. Because remember, if you're going to save time and money when you're using Rock Auto, you get to you get to choose to spend either 30%, 50%, or even 100% less than some of the same parts that you could buy for your car at a chain store or a car dealership. For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, but it's just $216 at rockauto.com. And remember, Rock Auto is a family-owned business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your, to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And write locked on on their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Remember, rockauto.com, you have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Back here in the Locked On Steelers podcast, wrapping things up with ESPN's Brooke Pryor here. With first of all, thank you, Brooke, so much for coming on the show. We always appreciate having you here. Brooke, you wrote a piece for Monday on ESPN about workaholic Najee Harris quickly endearing himself to Steelers fans. First of all, fans go out there and read that piece. It was a great one. Um, but Brooke, you got to talk to Najee at t- at the tail end of the practices at Heinz Field for the first week of Heinz Field practices, and it's clear. I mean, we got this even when he was drafted, right? But it's clear this guy knows what he's saying, and he, he kind of mm-hmm. knows how to play the games to say the, the right things that fans are going to be like, oh, I like this guy. And he talked about how, like you said earlier, with, with Alabama fans, he's like, those fans are crazy, but Steelers fans are crazier. Um, he talked about how, you know, Pat Fryermuth might have missed a block, but he was like, I, it's my job to make that not matter. It seems like this guy – hasn't just been coached to play football, but he's been coached to talk to us in the media. He, but you know, it's funny for as coached as he might be, he's still incredibly genuine. Mm. And that combination is just so rare to feel like you're with someone who is media savvy, but they're not guarded in the sense that like, well, they're just giving you service level stuff. Like, some of my favorite moments were things that like he couldn't possibly have been prepared for. Like the, like the, the question about the five yard run that he had that I, I opened the story with where, you know, it looks like he should, he should have been brought down. He literally like ran straight into a swarm of defenders somehow like bounced off of, but also through strung out that run, strung out that run for a five yard gain. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it looked like a Walter Payton run. Yeah. And he's asked about it after practice and he's trying to remember like which run it was. And somebody's like, man, like, you know, it looked like a Walter Payton run. And somebody else goes, he doesn't know who that is. And he's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? 
I know Walter Payton, Gail Sayers, Barry Sanders, Herschel Walker, like who else do you want to go? And it was just like, no, like he gets it. And he makes you feel, it's not his job to make media feel comfortable. It's, it's, It's not a player's job to like make me feel at ease talking to you, but like, there are some players where inherently like I'm more nervous to talk to because I'm just like, am I going to get this question out right? Am I going to sound like an idiot? Do I have to right. phrase it a certain way to get a certain response, like not giving them an out for a yes or no question? I don't feel that with Najee. I feel like it, you can have a conversation with him even in a scrum setting. And that is so rare. And like, no, that's not going to make him any better of a running back on the field or like anything like that. Like that is, on the list of things that are important about Najee Harris in this organization, that is toward the bottom. Uh, but as someone that has to talk to him, hopefully frequently, I put that toward the top. But, like, he is exactly, I think, what this organization needed from, like, an on-the-field perspective and off-the-field. You talk about his emphasis on working in the community. That's yeah. huge, and that's a very genuine thing. I mean, you saw him all summer. He's like out with the governor of California trying to help end homelessness. Mm -hmm. Um, But also like a workaholic in the sense that like Mike Tomlin told Sal Palantonio in an interview, like he enjoys the everyday drudgery that most people don't, that like they just don't find joy in it. And he does. So it's like, he is an incredibly hard worker, incredibly talented, going to be a bell cow every down back. And also a great, like, fan favorite player. Like, where do you see this combination? It, it's so incredibly rare. So, it's so rare. I, and, yeah. No, but Brooke, Brooke, I think you bring up a great point here. And you're right. It doesn't, that that necessarily doesn't immediately translate to on-field success. But when you see a guy who's this comfortable, it's like, okay, he's taking this pretty much in stride being the new star on campus in Pittsburgh. And again, in an organization where there's plenty of stars already, it's, it's not like he's joining the jets where it's like, Hey, they're in the middle of a complete rebuild and everyone's hoping that mm-hmm. Zach Wilson's the answer. No, you've got TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, Cam Hayward, Stefan to Devin Bush, Ben Roethlisberger, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, all these guys who are faces in the NFL that people talk about every week, whether it's on ESPN or locked on Steelers or anywhere, but I think it's it's impressive for him to keep that. And he's performed extremely well in training camp. He's always prepared. Mm-hmm. Now, even in mini camp, we were talking again, in rookie camp and OTAs, people are like, this guy's ready for everything. He's studied film. He's ready for this. He's ready for that. And I'm just, I'm sitting there. I'm like, this is extremely impressive for this guy to be doing all that. And, you know, being prepared at all that levels and having the time to be able to say like, oh no, I can make jokes with the media. Like, you know, when he's like, and he's like messing with the mics, he's like, oh, I didn't mess, mess that up. Oh, sorry guys. And he's just, <laughs> just being so candid. I mean, even back again, back in rookie camp when he was like, I thought you guys were boosters. Like, you know, like, you know, thinking like, yeah. like, like making jokes with us, that shows to me. This guy is so ready to perform his craft that he's also ready to take on the media things. And I know there's going to be some people out there like, well, we got to see it in the game. But I'm telling you, in practice, he's making all the catches. He's making all the runs. Yep. He's blocking. And, and and like if he messes up, uh, uh, if he loses a back on backers, he's like, no, 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 no. Let's do that again. Let's do that again. And Mike Tommy. Run it back. Like, yeah. Yes. This is what I want. <laughs> this is how I win. And it's just like you see that and you're so excited. You're right. Mike Tomlin, one of his favorite things in training camps is who's going to get miserable today? Who's going to who's going to love those tough moments? And Najee Harris is eating up every second of those moments. I mean, the fact that 
one of the most revealing things to me is that Najee is the one who is driving the like, no, all right, I started taking on Marcus Allen. Now I want Rob Spilling. Now I want yes. Alex Highsmith. Now I opponent. want Jameer Jones. Like, who, in what universe is this guy being like, yeah, I want to take on the biggest dude and he might put me flat on my back, but like, we're going to run it back. Like, we're going to do it again and I'm, it's going to be great. And like, I just, I would love to be a fly on the wall for those conversations with Mike Tomlin before practice when he tells him, I want to go against these bigger dudes. Like, I'm sure Mike Tomlin's like, hell yeah, like, let's do this. Like, this is, <laughs> this is exactly, if he could like craft a player for like, if he got like to pick out like a list of traits and like build a player from clay that would then become like real and a member of his team. Like I think Najee Harris is exactly what his like ideal. Like, like that is all he's ever wanted. And like, he gets players like that, you know, and Mm -hmm. and the organization is full of them, but Najee is just like a combination of all of their best traits. And the fact like that to me was really revealing. My other favorite quote from him was like, he had like two or three drops on Saturday. He had mm-hmm. a couple the day before and he's asked about it. And he's like, dude, show me the best player in the game. Like they have drops. It's not about the balls you drop. It's about what you do on the next rep. Yeah. And I mean, he did that. There was a play where in team period where he missed a, he, he dropped a ball and then on the next play, he had, like, at least a 12-yard gain. I have 12, and then I also have 20, question mark, next to it in my notes. I'm not not great at, at the eyeball measuring. Um, <laughs> but he had, it's, like, a significant also, There's no numbers on the, numbers on the field, so it is very hard no. when we're calculating. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a problem. So I just have – but it was at least a double-digit run mm. on the very next play, and, like, it, it that's to me illustrates like exactly who he is. He's not just going to say, this is what you should do. He also does that. So I, I couldn't have been more impressed coming away from watching him over the last two weeks. And then also talking with him. Like I, I hope that he keeps delivering. He set an incredibly high bar for himself, yes. but he's done nothing to suggest that he can't keep pushing that bar higher and higher. Absolutely. Brooke, thank you so much for joining us here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast. You're always a welcomed guest, and we always love your insights here. Please let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work at ESPN. Uh, on Twitter, at B.E. Pryor, and on ESPN.com slash NFL, or go to the Teams tab and click on the Steelers. It will all be right there. Absolutely, and we'll be right there at training camp, keeping you up to date. Follow Brooke at, at, at BE Prior. We really appreciate you, Brooke. You can also follow me, Chris Carter, on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can catch me every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. As you can now see, if you're watching us, we're on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Where you guys, where you can get all of our content daily. You can also listen to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the app Odyssey. Remember, rate us five stars, the positive comment, and you get a shout out at the end of the show. Thanks so much to Brooke for coming on we'll be back tomorrow with dean and josh continuing our week here at lockdown steelers and keeping you up to date with training camp as the steelers get ready for their first preseason game with the hall of fame game against the dallas cowboys into this week.